Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That is what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. Be it joy and laughter, sorrow and tears, awe and insight, or deepest devotion, as we visit and listen, we are all part of a spiritual voyage called Song of the Soul. I've got a wonderful guest, Aidan Quinn, here today for Song of the Soul, and I know this in part because I've interviewed his partner, Christine Stay, back at the end of 2020, and because I've already spent about an hour or so talking with Aidan before today's interview. Together, Aidan and Christine are Friction Farm, coming to you from the northern edge of South Carolina and making beautiful, fun, and inspirational folk Americana roots music. There's a lot of wonderful to say about them, but I want you to know particularly that they are at the end of the Internet universe. And it just so happens that today's interview is taking place during a very active rain and electrical storm. So we're likely to have a few blips in the Zoom connection. We'll do what we can to smooth out some of the transmission errors, but you can count on some bonus excerpts on northernspiritradio.org website, things that won't fit in this broadcast. Right now, we're transporting you to a tiny place called Cleveland, South Carolina, near Greenville, South Carolina, for a Zoom visit with Aidan Quinn of Friction Farm. Aidan, I'm really excited to have you here today for Song of the Soul. Well, thank you, Mark. I'm really pleased to be here. It's been some six months or so since I did the interview with Christine, your partner. I'm amazed that I waited this long, in fact, because I was so delighted with the music that the two of you put together as Friction Farm. Have you been able to fill those six months well? That's a tough question. The last six months, the last year indeed, has been extremely full. It seems like there has never been a dull moment. We've been recording. We've been doing all the things that other musicians have been doing using Zoom and YouTube and online concerts and things like that, just trying to figure out how to survive. So it's been extraordinarily busy. So have we filled that time well? I hope so. You're both self-described, I think, geeks. Christine's certification is as a materials engineer, although music has been what you've been doing for some decades now. What's your certification for geekdom? Geekdom. Well, we, we both went to Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute, which is a, an absolute certified geek farm. Engineers, astrophysicists, scientists, etc. And my field was science. I have a degree in geology and, you know, filled with the same sorts of technical nonsense that goes into a typical technical degree, you know, calculus and physics and chemistry and biology and all the rest of that. And so, you know, you got to be smart to get into that school. And so we just had to, we had geeked them in our blood, I suppose, in our DNA. You know, I did not go to Rensselaer, but in fact, it was one of the possibilities for me because in 11th grade, I got the Rensselaer Award awarded at our high school, which guaranteed me to scholarship to go there. Wow. The RPI medal, that's quite an achievement. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it was that impressive or not, but in any case, <laughs> I could have been there before you, I think. I would have got that place whipped into shape for you. So you're not doing those concerts. You are doing your 11s's. And I'm not sure where the word elevenses come from. I think there must be some book that that originates from, too. I don't know. No, actually, elevenses is a British expression for a mid-morning snack. So in the UK, 
Elevens is, is between breakfast and lunch, you need something to tide you through. You have a, a cup of tea and a snack, something to carry you through. And during the beginning of the pandemic, it was wintry and we would have a cup of tea in the morning and we just somehow conjured up the idea to do it with a song. So it became a song and a snack. Is it British influence on your repertoire? I mean, is it Winnie the Pooh is where I was thinking Elevenses would come from. <laughs> oh, I guess that's possible. No, well, my, my mother is English and we've spent a lot of time in England. We have toured England quite a few times. There's a solid connection. I All my relatives, not all my relatives, half my relatives are English, half are Irish. So Elevenses is just part of the vernacular in my family. And of course, Christine's now too. When I talked to Christine, and again, that was six months ago, my understanding was that you were into music first, and she followed you there. How far back do you go with music, and how did you start out at it? Well, I come from a musical family. Both of my parents are what I would consider accomplished musicians, although I'm not sure either of them would necessarily admit to that. Both good singers. I was always into music. There was always music on at home. Usually it was more either classical or Irish-infused sorts of things, because both my parents are immigrants to this country. And there's six of us. We would sing harmonies in the car to the radio. My father was into the Beatles, and he had a great album called Chet Atkins Picks on the Beatles, which was Chet doing instrumental versions of Beatles songs, and it just captivated me. And what I decided I wanted to be when I grew up was I wanted to be like Chet Atkins was probably the earliest influence. My father played guitar. He doesn't really play it anymore. But I just was captivated by guitar music. And that was growing up in California in the 60s. Eventually, I got a guitar, and my father was disgusted with the guitar that I got because I only had two strings and a, a sawn hole in the middle of it. So he got me a decent guitar, a Yamaha acoustic. I still have. And what age was that? That was age nine. I guess I probably got my first guitar, which I traded for some Matchbox cars, right around age eight or nine. I had that guitar forever. I still have it. And gradually I moved into, I have three older brothers, so I, I moved into more uh, sort of rock and roll, electrified stuff. I got an electric guitar. We formed a band. You know, in high school, I was in a band with my brothers. Just played music all the way through in whatever way I could. Which bands were you in pre-Christine? The band with your brothers was called? So we had a number of different names. The first was Axolotl, which is named after a uh, Central American lizard that there, there's, there's some genetic tweak to it. I don't remember exactly. I think it can clone itself or something like that. Some really strange biologic phenomenon. And then we had a variety of different names, including bands like Glasshammer, which my father used to have. That is one of his favorite expressions, hand me that glass hammer. And we just imagined either a hammer made of glass or a hammer for glass, neither of which is a particularly good thing. So we had that, and we had names like Joey Fryhofer and the Breadbags. We had the Asteroid Belts. And my favorite joke name we had when we did a gig at a high school was called Quick Profit, because they were paying us a lot of money to do a gig that we didn't really want to do. <laughs> so you were with your brothers in this band for a while. Did you go on to other bands? Yes. After college, I got together with some folks. That's sort of a strange, twisted story. A guy I was working with said he wanted me to take over his business and I didn't want to do it. And he was curious as to why. And he said, well, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I said, I wanted to be a rock star. And he said, what's stopping you? And I said, besides the obvious talent, I don't really know how to get into that. I don't know how to get going with it. So he introduced me to a bass player, a singer, and a guitar player. And we got together and formed a band. And I think since that day, I've been in bands in one form or another all the way through. That same band, the I want to say it was the bass player left. 
and Christine, you know, we were still playing and we're sort of like downtrodden because we were missing our bass player. And Christine said, well, that didn't look too tough. I mean, he didn't look too smart. Let me, <laughs> <laughs> let me try. So we got her a bass and she learned how to play pretty quickly and poof, there we were. And she didn't want to play in the living room her whole life. She's like, well, if we're going to do this, we might as well get out and play in front of people. So she was kind of the one that pushed us in that direction. And then she was like, well, I don't want to play other people's music. I want to play our own music. So she's the one that really started writing and off we went. Well, let's get going into your song of the soul. How should we start out? Louisiana is an interesting place to start. What's the connection with Louisiana? So my father and my mother were living in Berkeley, California. My father was a professor of architecture at University of California, Berkeley, back in the, the late 1960s. And he was looking for something a little more challenging, a little more interesting, and hopefully a little more lucrative because there was you know, a family of eight to feed and clothe and house. Sort of long story short, he sought and was offered the position of dean of the School of Architecture at LSU in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. So he went to check out the school and the position, the job was pretty much everything he would have hoped for. You know, it was prestige, it was it was a challenge, it was a great career move, and it was more money. And he went to talk to the bishop of the local Catholic diocese because he thought, I can send my kids now with this extra money to private schools, to Catholic schools. And he found out at that time, the late 1960s, that the Catholic schools in Louisiana, in Baton Rouge, were still segregated. And it turned out that was a deal killer. So he turned down the job, and we stayed in California. And that is something that I didn't hear from him until his 70th birthday. And he just mentioned it in passing. And I don't remember what the catalyst was that brought it up in our conversation, but he just mentioned this. And I was like, what? How is it that I never heard this? I asked my mother, and she's like, yeah, sure, that's what we did. And I was like, how is it that we never heard about this as kids or as an adult? I mean, I was maybe 30 years old at the time. She's like, well, you know, just that's what parents do. So we wrote Louisiana based on that. And if you think of that story and you hear the song, the song probably makes a lot more sense. And it's a beautiful song. And the name is Louisiana, also sometimes known as Rise Up Like the Water. It's by Friction Farm, including today's guest for Song of the Soul, Aiden Quinn. Louisiana.
song from today's Song of the Soul guest, Aidan Quinn, Louisiana. You'll recognize that phrase, rise up like the water. Aidan is one half of Friction Farm, and I interviewed his partner, Christine Stay, back about half a year ago. And that song, by the way, is from their recording, Believe wonderful song based on the actions of their father. I mean, really the decision-making of their family. Were you raised up to be a righteous world healing peace and justice type person? Is that your origins? I guess that is my origin. My parents are both pacifists. They're nonviolent very much. You know, we grew up in Berkeley, California. I mean, we you know, my, my brothers and sisters and I grew up in Berkeley, California, which is sort of the center of free speech and liberal thinking and decency and humanity and the whole free love movement and all that. So, yeah, I guess that's part of my DNA. I was impressed when I saw the liner notes for your latest CD, Evidence of Hope. I noticed the number of artists who contributed music to this. I'm particularly impressed because this had to happen during COVID. So the technical issues are there, certainly. Amongst the contributors are Joe Jenks, who I've had on the show. And what a wonderful, wonderful guy. And Tracy Grammer was in there, too, with her violin on one of your songs, at least. When I talked to Christine back in November of last year, I asked when the CD might be coming out. And she said, well, if all goes well, January, maybe. How close were you? I think actually we released it on April 2nd to the public. That's the same year. That's good. Yeah. Well, we had uh, tracks and, and to our patrons, we released the tracks considerably earlier. So people had it in their hands in March. But the yeah, to the public, the whole final the booklet, because we did an actual book. Christine designed and created that book. 
And then we produced actual physical CDs because some of our folks still like CDs, people like me. So let's go on to some more of the music of Friction Farm. And again, you've got something like seven CDs now out there in the world. What do you want to share? Let's go to the newest album, Evidence of Hope. The song Luck or Providence goes back in its song incarnation a couple of years, back through the last presidential administration in the United States and some of the immigration horrors that we encountered. And I think that it hits home for Christine and me because we are both the children of immigrants. And this is a song that is inspired by those folks that gave up everything for a better life, for an opportunity. And I think that the song provides a glimpse into what might be going through the minds of someone who is embarking on that kind of a journey and traveling through that kind of a journey and maybe what it means to take that kind of a journey where you are trusting and throwing all of your mental desires and hopes and your future into the unknown. And the song is Luck or Providence. It's on Evidence of Hope by Friction Farm with today's guest, Aidan Quinn. Luck or Providence. my 
Luck or Providence is by Friction Farm. And I'm actually curious a bit, Aiden, who wrote the lyrics there? Who wrote the music? In general, Christine is the lyricist. She writes the lion's share of the lyrics. She generally creates the the spark for the idea. And we work together on the lyrics. Once she has an idea, she'll usually have at least a verse or a chorus or a phrase or a series of phrases that work together. And the songwriting process varies from sometimes I'll be playing guitar and she'll have been thinking of something and she'll produce something lyrically that goes with what I'm playing. Because she says, that brings to mind this. Sometimes she'll bring the lyrics and say, I have this lyric. What does it feel like? What does it sound like? And that was the case with this song. She had the lyrics first and the music came second. I really like all of the lyrics in this song, but there's one phrase in the last verse of the song. It's, after a moment, my faith beat my doubt. And I think that somehow that interfaces with what you said, the the priest responsible for your confirmation. What he said, you know, after, what was the phrase you used, that he used? I can't say I remember the exact phrase, but when confronted with the discussion of science versus God and religion, he said something either along the lines of that's where faith comes in or you have to have faith. That's where faith comes in, I think is how you said it to me earlier. And I was thinking, you know, my faith beat my doubt. Does that work for you or is this just projected on the arbitrary person who's taken that great leap of faith to come to a foreign country? I think that line was probably Christine's. So for me, faith does not necessarily regard strictly religion or God. Uh, You can have faith in one another. You can have faith in your abilities. You can have faith in fate, if you will. I don't inseparably place faith with religion or God. Well, but the name of the song is Luck or Providence. And Providence is actually that area of the divine, something bigger, something with knowledge and intention. And it's not just a flip of a coin. It's not just quantum physics, right? Yes, correct. (laughs) So I was really asking about your faith versus doubt. Hmm. Yeah, I wanted to make you have a hard question. My faith versus my doubt. I doubt a lot. I do doubt a lot of things. I like tangible, logical concrete things. I like things that have an explanation. Even if they don't have an easy explanation, I like to know that somebody likely has an explanation. So Christine and I had visited CERN in Switzerland, and we had gone deep within the the bowels of the earth to where the physicists were studying the effects of atoms and, and particles and bosons and things like that zipping around the super collider. And I think of the technical science aspect of that and the faith that they must have in standard model of physics or the lack thereof in the standard model of physics theory. And when I think of faith being just God is out there creating every little microscopic thing and is responsible for every iota of every whatever, I have difficulty reconciling that. Interesting choice of words, but I have difficulty extracting science from God and vice versa. You know, I think God is an interesting concept, but the fact that there's some guy that is God or Muhammad or whoever it may be out there directing traffic or however you want to put it, I have difficulty, but I respect the unknown and I respect the things that we can't understand. And I certainly respect other people's freedom to practice and believe what they think is right in terms of a higher being until it infringes upon somebody else's rights. And then I I wonder. When people's beliefs start infringing on reality, I have a problem. Me too. 
So let's have you share some more music because that can be a blessing for everyone, no matter what all those other beliefs are all about. Your music is a wonderful blessing. What should we share? Let's do Insects and Spiders. And this comes from a CD of ours called Tell Me a Story. The song was inspired by the children's book, as are all the songs on the, the album are inspired by children's books. This particular one by James and the Giant Peach. But there's a story behind the album. And I don't know if you talked to Christine about this or not, so you can include this if you'd like. One day, I was reading a blog called Brain Pickings, which is a fascinating collision of science and poetry and music and philosophy. And there was a quote from, I believe it was Neil Gaiman, who's a writer, and he said that the for-profit prison industry measures the illiteracy rate of fifth graders to determine how many prison beds they're going to need in 15 years. And to me, that's a horrifying statistic. And long story short, that inspired us to work on childhood literacy. We thought we could, we could pull the rug out from underneath the for-profit prison industry by making sure that every fifth grader can read at grade level. And so we set out to do that. Now, we might have made a tiny little dent, <laughs> uh, you know, out there on the edge of the cosmos, but it's something. We selected, obviously, kids' books that we liked. And then we also got suggestions from librarians, sort of kids' librarians and, and kids' teachers. And we, we got a roster of songs to draw from. But one of my favorite kids' books was James and the Giant Peach by Roald Dahl. Most of the listeners here have probably read the book about the little little British kid who whose parents are killed by a a rhino escaped from the London Zoo. Happy start to a kid's book. But then he goes to live with his two mean aunts, or aunts, as they would say. The story unfolds that he develops an appreciation for insects and spiders. And I, too, across my life, have developed such an appreciation. You know, I was always fascinated by nature, but I was also always pretty disturbed by spiders, afraid of spiders, almost to the point of arachnophobia, but not quite. Now we live in the woods where we have an incredible number of spiders, 99.9% .9 of which aren't going to hurt me or bother me or do anything but do good things for us. So hence the book. And there are a lot of kids who are afraid of spiders or snakes or centipedes or whatever. And I think it's an opportunity for us to share with them that not only there's a cool book that they should read, it's a great adventure, but also that there's an underlying message of, you know, don't squash the bugs. You know, most of them are good for us. The song is Insects and Spiders. It's another gem from Friction Farm and from their album, Tell Me a Story. Here is Insects and Spiders. I know they are not soft and cuddly. Some people think that they're not clean But I know things are not always what they seem Let's be open to the possibilities Insects and spiders and creepy crawly things Bugs and slugs and slimy sticky things Critters might seem scary, set your senses tingling But think of all the good things that they bring Our nature's janitors pick up what we throw away Bees pollinate flowers, might be blueberries someday Crickets play symphonies on their cricket knees And dragonflies, to my surprise, eat mosquitoes, oh yes please Insects and spiders and creepy crawly things Bugs and slugs 
and slimy, sticky things. Critters might seem scary, set your senses tingling. But think of all the good things that they bring. Silkworms can make luxurious threads. Spiders are artists weaving beautiful webs. Walking sticks are fascinating, who cares what they do? And earthworms improve soil every time they poop. Insects and spiders and creepy crawly things. Bugs and slugs and slimy sticky things. Critters might seem scary, set your senses tingling. But think of all the good things that they bring. Soft and cuddly. I know some people think that they're not clean, but I know things are not always what they seem. Let's be open to the possibilities. Insects, spiders, and creepy crawly things, bugs and slugs and slimy sticky things. Critters might seem scary, set your senses tingling, but think of all the good things that they bring. All the good things that they bring Insects and spiders and creepy crawly things Bugs and slugs and slimy sticky things Another peachy keen song from Friction Farm Aiden Quinn is here with us for Song of the Soul Sharing that song, Insects and Spiders their website is frictionfarm.com, the links on nordenspiritradio.org, along with all links for all of our guests for the last 16 years. Many hundreds of wonderful artists, activists who are doing good things for the world. Insects and Spiders was that song, and you'll find a link to hear about Tell Me a Story, which is the CD it's from. Also on our site, you'll find the stations where we're broadcast across the country. There's some 42 stations carrying Northern Spirit Radio programs. Our website, nordenspiritradio.org is where you find all of these links and you find the ability to comment on this interview. When you come and listen to my interview with Aidan Quinn, remember to post a comment on our site. Share your knowledge and your suggestions and make the world a better place. I believe really, really strongly in communications. Yes, I was a physics major. Yes, I was a computer science major. Yes, I was a math major, but I was also a speech communications major. I believe so strongly that that makes the world a much better place. So come by the site and help with communication and help support the local community radio stations. Community radio stations, the local people controlling the media is such a wonderful thing. And the 42 stations that carry our programs are doing a valuable service. Please do support your local community radio station first, then support NordenSpiritRadio.org. And remember to support people like Friction Farm. They depend on your patronage to keep going, especially during COVID. So please go to FrictionFarm.com and connect with them. Again, we were talking about insects and spiders. Are there some insects and spiders who you have zero use for? Yes. We're not going to play this song today, but um, we have a song called Prelude to the Fall. And while it does have some religious implications, it also has implications to the creature that I've not found anybody that really enjoys, and that is the mosquito. Oh, yes. I haven't found a recording of this online, but there's a song that was performed live I heard from Peter Alsop. It's something about, you know, being one with the great divine, and I'm 
peaceful, love this, everything, everybody. But when I see a mosquito or when I see a fly, it's kill, 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 die, die, die. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard that, but that's kind of along the lines of prelude to the fall. <laughs> I'll have to look it up. I, I, I hope to hear all the rest of your music. I've just got a couple of your albums so far. But let's go on to some more of it right now. Okay. Another one from that, that same last album, the Tell Me a Story album, is I Will Not Fight. The, the backstory to this is in- interesting to me. It, again, comes from one of my favorite children's books, which is the story of Ferdinand. And the story of Ferdinand, of course, is the, the bull who likes to sit under the cork tree in Spain and smell the flowers and just enjoy the peaceful days in the bucolic meadow. Then, of course, you know, he inadvertently sits on a bee one day and, and the, the bullfight scouts come and see him snorting and ripping around and go, ah, there's the bull for us. And the rest of the story, I think everybody knows. But I think that that has always been, again, imprinted on my pacifist brain that not everybody is a fighter and that there is significant merit in being a decent, calm, peaceful individual. And so with this particular song, we borrowed some of our Spanish-speaking friends to help us write a parallel to the chorus in Spanish. So we sing it in English and then sing it in Spanish. And when we do our children's programs, which is what this is part of, there are plenty of kids in underserved neighborhoods, underserved schools, libraries, where we like to perform that can speak Spanish. And for us to be singing in Spanish, even though we look the way we do, which is not very Spanish, to know that there's someone there that can sort of reach across that divide and sing with them. And they sing with us. And we reach out to them and tell them that certainly they can sing it better than we can sing it because they speak the language and we don't. There's something charming about particularly having a a little six-year-old come up to us and and explain to us something about the the Spanish that we sang and whether we did okay or whether they could correct us a little (laughs) bit, which is just wonderfully charming. Every once in a while, we will, uh, after doing one of those shows, we'll get a, uh, a book recommendation from a seven-year-old. <laughs> if you like that book, here's another book you might like. The song is I Will Not Fight, also known as Ferdinand. It's by Friction Farm with Aidan Quinn here today for Song of the Soul. What a wonderful thought. I will not fight. I will not fight today. I will not fight tomorrow. So many reasons to be kind I will bring peace today I will bring peace tomorrow Share all the beauty that I find No pelearé hoy No pelearé mañana Hay tantas razones ser bondadoso Traigo la paz 
really incredible the way that Friction Farm and Friction Farm is Aiden Quinn, today's guest, along with his partner, Christine Stay. It's wonderful the way that you take a, a storybook like Ferdinand and really convert it into a song like that. I Will Not Fight, I think, is so deep and so wonderful in what it conveys. And I can't imagine that you could do anything less than multiply book sales many times over. I think you should actually have a deal with the publishers so that they could be funding Friction Farm. What do you think of that, Aiden? All you publishers that are listening to this show, reach out to us. We welcome you to send us books that we might be able to use to write songs and present those songs to our audiences. And we have done this. We have done this with other publishers. We did a program at a library in Milton, Georgia, and the librarians put out on a table all of the books from the district were related to the songs that were on our album, Tell Me a Story. And I think at the end of the day or at the end of the morning, they had checked out all 30 books that they had brought, including ones that were in Spanish. It was fascinating that we could have that sort of an impact on those little minds that were there watching the show. So I'm glad that we bring a positive thing to this and that kids are reading. I mean, they're, they're at the library already, so they're probably leaning that way. But the fact that they're checking out the books and reading those books is important to us. And it's important to us that we share more of your music. A couple songs I know we want to get in yet. What should we share next? Let's do No Regrets. And this comes off the newest album, Evidence of Hope. The song No Regrets was inspired by a number of things, but one of them was indeed a phone call that we received one day. It was the kind of phone call you hope never to receive, delivering bad news about a friend of ours. But that friend and some other friends who were finding themselves in the same situation were extraordinary people. They brought a certain light and a certain hope to what was going to be the inevitable end of life. They could see the end, and they still were living every day like it mattered. They were living fully and completely. 
And they were a tremendous example to us to recognize that we don't know what the future holds and we should live like it matters today. The song is No Regrets from Evidence of Hope by Friction Farm.
That was perhaps my favorite song from the recent treasure trove of music sent to me by the Friction Farm folks. That is Aidan Quinn, who's here today for Song of the Soul, and his partner, Christine Stay. The song is No Regrets. It's so beautiful. It, it touches me exactly in the right place. Even more so, by the way, Aidan, because it includes the reference to chocolate cake. Is chocolate cake your favorite? or Christine's, or both? Chocolate cake is definitely more my thing than Christine's thing. It's not my favorite dessert anymore, but it certainly once was. But we don't eat enough chocolate cake. Life would be better with more chocolate cake. That's what we need to say. It would. Life would be better with more chocolate cake. (laughs) Again, as I said, that song is just very moving to me, because just as I said I like that line, that my faith beat my doubt, it's the no regrets. There are plenty of good reasons to look dismally at the world. We certainly came away from four years of an administration that championed many things, including policies and personality and ways of being that I don't find favorable. So there's reason that one could be in darkness, but I think that there's faith, hope, and faith not in terms of memorizing some doctrine, but faith in terms of seeing a light within all of the darkness. Anyway, no regrets. In the liner notes, it talks about three friends, I think, who have died this past year. Well, we've lost quite a few friends in the past year, several due to COVID, but the particular friends that this relates to were not victims of COVID, but rather other more mundane but predictable things. It's hard to deal with that. And it is helpful to have canoes on Silver Lake and chocolate cake and good glasses filled with good beverages. (laughs) Yes, to the good beverages and the good glasses. Do you make your own there on Friction Farm? Uh, Again, I don't think you call your farm Friction Farm, but do you make your own peach wine or whatever? No, we don't make any alcoholic beverages here from our yard or garden. We do make, you know, we have lemons, we have satsumas, we have plenty of peaches. This year, it looks like we're going to have some significant apple crop, which is wonderful for the first time. Most of those things go into desserts or foods Occasionally drinks, but we don't do that homebrew sort of thing. I'm afraid I might do something wrong and create something I couldn't live with. Well, just as well not to then. (laughs) And folks, if you go back and listen to my interview with Christine Stay, that was in November of 2020, uh, you'll hear a bit more about the history of the farm where Aiden and Christine live. Some beautiful stuff there, including special insulation so they don't need air conditioning like even those of us in Wisconsin need. But they're in South Carolina. They've built a house that is functional for their environment in a beautiful, beautiful way. And Satsuma trees, you should learn, even though they're not supposed to grow there, they've got a a lot of them. And so hooray for Satsumas, whatever they are. I don't even know. (laughs) A Satsuma is a little tiny tangerine-like orange. So sweet. One of the sweet and wonderful things you'll find in Cleveland, South Carolina, which is near Marietta, which is near Traveler's Rest, which is near Greenville, South Carolina. So just south of the North Carolina border, right in South Carolina. One of many sweet things, as I said. And as for sweet things, let's try and finish with just one more song here today for Song of the Soul. And I'm quite sure, by the way, folks, that we're going to have bonus excerpts from this interview that we're going to find 
find on the northernspiritradio.org website because Aiden and I are talking about a lot. There's so much wonderful things. I could sit and talk to you all day, Aiden. So some of those bonus excerpts will be on northernspiritradio.org. Just look for bonus excerpts with the full interview with Aiden Quinn of Friction Farm. What's our last song? Our last song is Robin. And this is a song which is a departure for us. And it has resonated with a number of people who I didn't necessarily expect it to. It is done a cappella, which is not something we tend to do ever. We did multi-part harmony by using the magic of digital audio. And we sang to one another and we sang to our existing tracks. And it has a very rich and almost spiritual feel to it. And it really highlights the message of the song and that sort of caps off the album Evidence of Hope. I think it speaks for itself. The listener will pick their own idea about what the song means to them. But I think it's a fascinating departure for us. And therefore, it kind of sticks out in my mind as something unique for us and even unique from us, I suppose. It's an interesting experiment that turned into something kind of cool. This song is just Christine and I singing vocals, and we're doing all the parts, and it's all a cappella. You can sing with yourself more beautifully than anyone I know. That It's woven so beautifully here in this song, Robin. And that's how we're going to end Song of the Soul today. Again, Aiden, I'm so glad to finally get in touch with you. I mean, I had that intention ever since last November when I talked to Christine, and I feel very rewarded the fact that I finally got around to reaching out to you. Thanks so much for joining us for Song of the Soul. And thank you, Mark. It's been a really great time spending time just chatting with you about all sorts of things. Life, universe, and everything? Yes. Life, (laughs) universe, and everything. And the evidence of hope that exists therein. Again, the latest release from Friction Farm is Evidence of Hope. And just to remind you, all throughout this interview, there's been an electrical storm and rain going on between Aiden's antenna and the nearest cell tower. Please excuse the glitches. And also remember to check for the bonus excerpts on northernspiritradio.org. And thanks to Andrew Jansen for production assistance today. Enrich your life with the music of Friction Farm. Enjoy this last song. Again, it's called Robin. And we'll see you all next week for Song of the Soul. Robin laid her eggs here late last spring Beautiful things Oh, beautiful little things Turquoise shells sent scattering Delicate things Oh, delicate little things Did they break in joy or suffering? Mysterious things Oh, mysterious little things Story, story in the absence of truth, of truth, the details, the doubt, and the proof, and the proof. We find an ending, find an ending, the one that we need, that we need to give voice to our hopes and our dreams.
She arrives again on tired wings Reliable things Oh, reliable little things Unaware the odds are staggering Uncommon things Oh, uncommon little things Fledgling gone before we hear it sing Ethereal thing Liberating The theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it is called Song of the Soul. Check out all things Song of the Soul on northernspiritradio.org, guests, links, stations, and a place for your feedback, suggestions, and support. Send your Songs of the Soul to me, Mark Helps Meet, via the info on our website, and join us weekly for Song of the Soul.